that's a, a whole other part of the learning process is then the kids become the instructors or the facilitators and they're teaching their other teachers or they're teaching other students. You're listening to the Ed Curation Podcast. We bring you stories from educational leaders about the instructional resources, practices, and movements that are reshaping learning. It's a little bit of social work, a little bit of science, and a little bit of passion. The most valuable resource is also their time. It just can't be wasted on fluff. But we have to be able to continuously poll our students and just give them voice. We have to pick texts that are totally going to push their thinking. Educators are juggling a truly spectacular and unreasonable number of balls at the moment. In addition to teaching their actual content, usually on Zoom, teachers also need to integrate social-emotional learning, integrate STEM and technology, keep it all culturally relevant and anti-racist, while also keeping kids moving and also staying six feet apart. So today you're going to learn about a resource that brings at least some of those pieces together in an easy to integrate, super engaging and fun way. You're going to want this resource and luckily you can find it at Ed Curation. So let's jump in. Welcome listeners. I am excited to introduce to you today, Christine Danoff, who is calling in from Ohio today. And Christine is the technology integration specialist at her school. So tell us a little bit more, Christine, about where you teach, the school and district where you teach, and the grade levels. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, first of all, today. I'm excited to be on here. I work at Genoa Area Local Schools, which is a small rural district in Northwest Ohio. And I have had a little bit of background being a teacher before, but now I'm in my role as a pre-K to 12 technology integration specialist. Now, our district is kind of small, so we have one elementary, one middle school, and one high school. And I work with those teachers at all of the different buildings here and help them find ways to best integrate tech into the classroom. Mm -hmm. And you work across all of the content areas. All of the subject area and all of the content, yes. And so you came excited today to share a resource that you have found. I'm going to let you tell our listeners how you're incorporating that into classrooms and all of the different applications for it. But just start by telling our audience, what is the resource that you're excited about today? The resource that I'd love to share about is one I came across a summer or two ago, and it's called Unruly Splats. It's a very awesome tool to use for computer science and coding. And how did you learn about this? So I follow some different people and other educators on Twitter, and I am also a code.org facilitator. So I was trying to find ways of how can I get the kids more involved and engaged in computer science. And as following some of these people on Twitter, one of them had posted about these unruly splats. And I went, what are those kind of Mm -hmm. things? So I did a little research, went on on their Twitter site, and then went to their website and thought, this looks really cool. Gets the kids up and moving. So how can I get involved in this? Yeah, it is a super catchy name. I mean, when you hear it, you want to know right away, what is that about? And you said it gets the kids up and moving. And I want to hear more about that in a minute. So is it, do you use it in more than one way? Or is it pretty much just coding and computer science, but it incorporates movement? 
No, the awesome thing about Unruly Splats is it can be used in so many different subject areas and contents, and it can be used with multiple grade levels, which is fabulous. Tell us more about it. What exactly is it as if we don't, we've we've never heard of it and we have no idea what you're talking about? If you've never seen one before, it's kind of like a, it's a square, okay? And it's probably about a nine by nine square that's blue. And then there is a splat outline on the top of it. But the splat part, you can actually press down on and it does different functions. And that's where the computer science and the coding come into it to program it to do certain things. If I walked in a classroom and saw kids using unruly splats, what would I see? Most likely you would see kids with either iPads or Chromebooks doing the block programming part of it to tell those splats what they need to do, if they need to do a timer, if they need to light up a different color and so on. You probably will see kids moving or running around the room doing jumping jacks or touching the splat and then running away from it. So you could use this in so many different ways. Kids can create music with it. So in music classrooms, they could do it. They could use it as an activity like a relay race in a physical education course or class. And they could even use it in art as well. So sometimes I know being in tech integration, it's so hard sometimes to find, you know, how can you utilize tech in those extracurriculars that are there and those other essential courses that we have? And Unruly Splats is one of those things that you can definitely use in those situations as well as in the classroom. So for you, this was like finding gold because your whole job is to help teachers figure out how to integrate tech and you, and this was an all-in-one pretty much. Absolutely. All the teachers. So as the kids are running around and they're touching the splats and they're coding on their iPads or their tablets or their, or their laptops, what are they creating? They might be creating a game. They might be creating a song. They might be doing a math problem with the splats? Yes. So when they go into the platform that is online, which is great because this can be used in remote or virtual situations as well. So the kids go in there and they program it and test it to tell it what it's going to do. So it could be definitely telling it to start a timer. It could have it be playing a drum or a music note. So they could be creating games, which there are some already created ones that are great for introduction to the kids. So when they first see these, they're, they might have a little bit of black coding background and know how to do a little bit of that, but they need to first see some of these pre-made games. And one of them is called Whack-A-Mole. <laughs> so you know the Whack-A-Mole game. So that's super fun. Yeah. You're pulling in the kids' you know, background of things they know. We have done one before, which was the red light, green light. So kids have played that on the playground you know, or in gym class, as well as doing ones. The Four Corners game, our students said, So those are great intro activities for them because they're familiar with how those games work. But the part they're not familiar with is the whole part of coding these little squares that they have around the room. And when they run over to them or when they set a time limit, it's either going to light up or it's going to change a color. And then they have to do a certain activity. So it's a really neat thing to see the kids doing. This seems like such a win-win-win all around because. STEM is something we're always trying to integrate, right, into across the curriculum because kids don't have a separate STEM class necessarily. And we want to integrate STEM into all the content areas. We also need to be integrating more movement across the board. And this does both and rolls in content instruction at the same time. Absolutely. So what were you, what were teachers doing before they found this amazing resource? And are all of the teachers 
in your building pretty much using this? Are they all excited about it? I mean, it it seems like such a no-brainer. Of course, we'd want to do that. Right. So my job, of course, is trying to get people excited. So this is our first year that we had the opportunity to get 12 splats. And I had received them through a grant that I got through Unruly Splat. So there are options out there if school districts don't have funds for this. I just want to make sure you caught that, dear listener. Christine was able to secure these through a grant that Unruly Splats helped her obtain. So not only did she find the coolest tech integration tool ever, but her school didn't have to pay for it. When you find something that is going to be great for kids in learning, there is always a way. They are, are awesome to work with to start this out. So once we had these in our hands, and of course, I reached out to our tech teacher first because I thought she already does coding. Let's start there. And then from there, we are able to go and I can talk with a music teacher and with a gym teacher and start to make it spread, of course. So we're not quite there yet where every teacher, of course, in the building is using this, but we are definitely getting to that point where we can do that. We're really excited to still, you know, continue to utilize these and then hopefully spread even to the middle school level to have some of our teachers up there. So before we found these, you know, when you talk about STEM and computer science and coding, you know, before we had these, we were primarily just doing a lot of, you know, computer-based, you know, plugged what they call them activities on Mm -hmm. the computer and doing the black coding. And then the kids would test out their program and watch it do whatever it was supposed to do. We did some unplugged activities too, so that kids were hands-on, you know, doing algorithms and programs and such. But what is really great about these splats is not only now are the kids creating the program, but they almost are like the robots that are carrying out the program then to see how it works. And then they can, of course, problem solve and use their critical thinking skills to say, hey, that didn't work. What do we have to do different? And then they test it again. So their brains are moving, their bodies are moving, and I just think that makes it more memorable and meaningful to the kids so they can continue to go forward and learn more. Yeah, well, that kind of trampolines me right into my next question, which is, I'm wondering about what kinds of things you've been able to achieve that you wouldn't have been able to or weren't achieving prior to this. And it sounds like you're achieving a higher level of engagement for sure. But are there other things that you would add? You know what I love? It's definitely that engagement. Yeah, kids get super excited about it. And, you know, that's the other part is when kids say to you, where can I get my hands on these? Can I do this at home? I always think whenever kids are asking to take it to the next level, we're not assigning it. There's no homework, you know, but when they have that interest, To me, that means it's so meaningful. So that that whole piece of wanting to do self, you know, self-learning, being able to figure things out on their own is so cool to be able to see. And it's all coming from them. I would guess Mm -hmm. too that so kids have started to use this with their technology teacher, their computer science teacher, then they know how to use the splats. So it makes it easier for a teacher who hasn't used them to then incorporate it in her classroom because she doesn't, it's not as much of a learning curve for the kids. It might be a little bit of a learning curve for him or for her, but not as much for the kids because they've been using them in other content areas. Is that true? Right. Yes. And I think that's a whole nother part of the learning process is then the kids become the instructors or the facilitators and they're teaching their other teachers or they're teaching other students 
So then it really becomes more memorable in their experiences and they're able to go to a higher level of thinking even after that. So I think there is a fear sometimes from educators, you know, that they don't know, you know, they don't know computer science. So for an example, a music teacher might say, how would I even, or why would I even do computer science with music? But when they see how excited the kids get about it and that, yes, the kids have that background knowledge and they're going to teach her or him, it really starts that whole domino effect of then everyone saying, hey, let's keep this going and let's try this. So I always love to see that happen in any school. Yeah. Could you give us a success story from a classroom or from a particular kid who is maybe checked out or not interested and you were able to really pull him in with this tool? Absolutely. So we had the opportunity with the Unruly Splats team because of the grant that we got, we did a live or it was a virtual lesson with them and our students. So it was really great for them to see the actual people that worked there and they walked the kids through this lesson. And anytime, and this is not just with this session, but anytime I have a student that may struggle with, you know, language arts or reading or math. I always find that they strive and excel at computer science or coding and because it's just a different way of thinking. And it was really neat when we did this lesson with Unruly Splats, one of the little guys that was in the class there. I I know him and I know he struggles a little bit, but wow, when it came to putting the iPad in his hand, he knew exactly what they were saying to do and he was moving those blocks around and he was super excited because he felt that he could do something, you know, and he had that confidence then. And I always love to see those kids that find something they're good at then to give them that self-confidence that they can do these things, you know, that we all have talents within us. So doing that lesson with them and seeing some of those kids that struggle in in the core curricular areas Mm -hmm. and do so well in this type of area just makes me want to, you know, have them continue to do other things in other classrooms so they can continue to feel good about themselves. I'm wondering if there's even an equity advantage to Unruly Splats and using this tool because, you know, traditionally we've struggled to create equity across STEM for both gender equity and racial equity. There's been a stigma that girls aren't as good at math and science for many years. And I think that's definitely disappearing. But this kind of tool, it seems like, would just be so inclusive. Everybody's playing the game. We're all working together. Everybody's helping to create the coding. I feel like it would have this sense of just pulling everybody in and making it seem more accessible. Have you seen that happen? Absolutely. And and it's not just even in that one class that I was in. It's anytime I'm in a class and whenever we're doing something with computer science or, or coding and where the kids really have to work as a team, you know, and problem solve, when you can put them all at the same level and say, you know, hey, some of you might not know about this or some of you do, but we still need to solve this one problem. And it's really great to give them that opportunity. And I, I think that's one of the biggest thing as an educator is not so much, you know, here's my core content, but giving kids opportunities that they may not have anywhere else. So I always feel like that's a super important thing that I need to do in my job. Yeah. And it sounds like the students really like it. Do you find that across the board? Students are pretty enthusiastic. They love it. Yeah, they absolutely love it. And it was it was so awesome, like I had mentioned earlier, to see when the kids lined up and they had to leave. Of course, they're all like, oh, <laughs> they were super sad. Class was over. And they said, can we do this again? You know, 
couple of the kids said, where can I buy these? Can I get this somewhere? And so I can do it at home. So I just, you know, when kids really are thinking beyond just their normal toys or video games and things and see that they can create their own type of games in a different way, it gets really exciting for any teacher, I think, to see that. Well, and I think any time that we have a tool that allows us to get kids out of their chairs, that's a win. Can you talk about how it how long it takes to become a proficient user, both as a teacher and as a student? So as a teacher, and and is there support? Yep, absolutely. To become a proficient user fairly quick. So when I had received the splats, I had not really even worked with the platform yet either. So I sat down with our, our tech teacher first, as I had mentioned, and we just took a look. Super easy to set up. We go on to the Unruly Splat site. We had a specific login that they gave us. So we went in and we set up our student accounts. So that was a really pretty easy thing to do. You just enter the kids' names in and such. And then from there, we walk through. They do have webinars and tutorials. They have their YouTube channel and such. But the Unruly Splats team is really great if you reach out to them as well and have any questions about it. They're super supportive. On the Chromebook, when they log in, there's already pre-made games. So with those pre-made games, you can load it up and you're able to see the actual code right there. So sometimes that's a great way to start for someone that may not be familiar with block coding, just to kind of see like, what's the background behind what's making this game work, you know, and how does that go? So very quick to pick up. And I'll be honest with you, the kids I always feel like are more of the experts on these things, even than us. And I'm always constantly learning. I'm not afraid to admit that. I don't know everything. We don't. And it's always really cool to see the kids point out something that they've learned. And you're like, I didn't even know that was there. So mm-hmm. let them be in charge of it. And they'll teach you, I believe. So it's it's really awesome to see. Yeah, that's always true. They're very intuitive when it comes to tech. We all need a middle schooler in our home at all times to- <laughs> set up and figure out our problems. I'm curious about the durability because this is an actual thing, right? That lays on the ground that kids are jumping on. And so what happens? Do they glitch? Do they break? How durable are they? And if, if they do, what support do you have for that? Luckily, I have not had any issues with our durability. They're all in great shape still. You know, they are made of plastic. And of course, there's sensors inside of it, which make them do the program. And when you jump on the splat and such. So I I feel they're very durable. I mean, we had kids jumping on it when we've used it in the classrooms and such. So they're still going strong. But I again, I want to mention, you know, the Unruly Splats team, I'm sure if you had an issue and reached out to them, they would definitely find a way to work with you and and get you something back in, in there so you can be working again. How does it work in your building with teachers? Because you you need all of them. So do they just, they check them out like they would a computer card or something? Is that how it works? Yep. So we, in our district, as I mentioned, we're kind of small. So we have 12 of the splats right now. And so they do, they get shared because you'll have to either have the iPad with it, or you can have the kids use their Chromebooks. But either way, just like we check out anything else in our media center, Teachers can check those out and just utilize them in their classrooms whenever they need. And is it compatible with pretty much any device or any system? Right now, they are able to use it with iOS, so they can use it with an iPad, and they can also utilize it on a Chromebook. You can also bring bring it up on a laptop 
You need to have Bluetooth in order to run and connect with the Splat. So as long as it's Bluetooth compatible, could you even run it from your phone? Oh, I might be the wrong one to ask about that one. I've never done that. (laughs) Yeah, I'll double check with them and find out. I did check with the Splats team. And the answer, unfortunately, is no, because the phone screen is just too small for coding. So then what does the teacher see? Is the teacher seeing like a dashboard? Where does the teacher see the work that students are doing? So when the students log in, the teacher sees and the kids see every profile that was made. So from there, they find their special profile name, which is not their name. It's kind of a mix of characters. The kids are able to save their programs and save their games onto their profile to access later so they can always continue where they left off. But the teacher doesn't see all of them in one spot. Okay. But the teacher has some kinds of assessment tools available? So as a teacher, I could go into each of my kids' profiles that are already set up and see what they have, kind of like a folder, you know, basically of a database to see what they've created. You could also have the kids, we haven't gone this far yet, but if I was assessing them, I would just have them do a screenshot of their program that they did and then upload it to our learning management system. And I think that would be a a really easy way to do an assessment with it too. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned that you're pushing this up to the middle school. What are the parameters around what grade levels you can work with? Could you work with it all the way down to kindergarten? Can you work with it up into second, you know, past middle school even? I think I would say probably the kids in our district that would be most interested would be probably K to eight. So as a former kindergarten teacher, I know I could totally do this with kindergartners. Now, the whole aspect of understanding what each block is, is a good introduction and model for them. They might not quite understand all of that just yet, but they can have a beginning understanding of it. And all the way up to eighth grade, because I feel like Kids love to move around. They love to do relay races. You know, you may even be able to do this with high school kids because I've been in some high school classes. And anytime, as you had mentioned, you get them up and moving, they are so much, (laughs) they're much more engaged and actively involved. So I totally think we could push this even into high school and have kids have a lot of fun with it. So, who would you recommend check this out? Because You are not a district level, but at least a a school level administrator, and you were able to acquire this for your school. Could just a regular teacher check this out, or who who would you recommend reach out to Unruly Splats? I would recommend any educator. So if you're a media specialist, a classroom teacher, even a principal, you know, if you have an interest of getting kids involved in STEM and computer science or integrating these things into the classroom. I think anyone could find ways to do this. And would I want to or need to attend a workshop prior to bringing this to my school? And would I get trained? So definitely, I would check out the Unruly Splats website. So if you go to unrulysplats.com and check out their resources that they have there. They have webinars that have been recorded that are talking with other educators about how they're incorporating that. So you could get a little background knowledge on it. And also on their website, they already have lesson plans and resources. So you can see, for example, if you are a music teacher, I know they have a pack, an activity pack there for music, which is really cool to see the kids are doing the music notes or doing rhythms, you know, so there, there is nothing really that they have to attend. But if there is an interest there, their website has a lot of resources that you could learn so many things and then get some more background and hopefully move forward. 
That is so helpful to have lesson plans already laid out just to get you going. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us about the program? I think the only other thing I would love to mention is if you are a school, and I know money is sometimes a concern of getting started with these things and how can you fund this type of thing, is follow the Unruly Splats team on Twitter. And as I had mentioned, we had received a grant and I had come across it on Twitter this past summer and applied for it. So follow along there. You can get so many ideas and find ways that you can hopefully fund this for your school. But there's a lot of great options. Of course, you can get more than 12 splats. You don't just have to have the minimum of 12. So if you have a larger school district, of course, you're going to want to get more, I'm sure. But other than that, it's such a great resource to use to really get kids involved in coding and computer science. That's so great. And when you do acquire the unreleased flats, is it a one-time purchase? There's no subscription involved or anything. It's just a a one-time purchase, right? Nope. They do have a one and a three-year membership plan. So that allows you to have access to that platform where you set up the student profiles and such. So it is a subscription kind of based program that you have just so you can have the kids run those flats from their devices. Got it. And then you have the option to renew that at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Christine. It was great having you on the podcast today and sharing this amazing resource with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure meeting you and sharing about Unruly Splats today. So there you have it. If you are an educator wanting to integrate technology, coding, and STEM into pretty much any content area, you will not find a more engaging tool than the Unruly Splats. And you can find and connect with the Unruly Splats team at EdCuration. That's E-D-C-U-R-A-T-I-O-N.com. You can shop for all kinds of amazing instructional resources, choose favorites, keep notes, create comparison spreadsheets, and collaborate with your team or committee, all in an easy one-stop shopping site. You can also find all of our podcast episodes there. So if you liked this episode, please follow us, like, and share, and tune in next week for a brand new episode of the Ed Curation Podcast, where we're reshaping learning.